Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the middle, Baird Brooks, Dan Cilio. Please hit the like button. Barrett, we, you and me are in the age of... We can't do shit any longer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we uh, we I played in this uh, in the in the, in the charity basketball tournament for Jacob Media, for um, you know for you know it, it's just you know really cool what you know what they do, man. You know with Jacob Media and, and what they do with um, what is it? W uh, Zach, you got you got to hit me with it on the uh on the private chat. You know what your pops does. He just does a lot, man. Just I mean a lot of stuff for a lot of people. And uh, we were at this high MS. school. Yeah, for MS, yeah. So we're, um, well, I, I wouldn't call it playing in a charity basketball game. <laughs> I will say that I ran up and down the court <laughs> way too many times <laughs> with no results. You know, in fact, look, he says uh, it was a fundraiser for MS. It raised 153 k uh, And they got 153 k out of me too, bro. I'm just letting you know. My body feels horrible right now. So I, I got up this morning. I worked out this morning, though. I did get up and work out this morning. Did a little light, you know. Um, I was on a bike for bike for 20 minutes. I did the elliptical for 20 minutes. And then I just hit the hit the uh beam the uh, heavy bag for, for 20 minutes. Just I mean, not even not even uh, I'm just talking about running in place and just hitting the bean bag, you know, just to get everything working. And that was so hard, bro. I'm feeling no, it. I'm feeling no. it. No, no, Mike, no. <laughs> I was in a weight room for 30 years. I, I did all I was going to do. Right. I, one of the strongest people in history. I, I, I am never going back to a weight room. I My can't live. Like this, once you come out for a walk, absolutely not. I will not. not I'm not doing any of that. I have no interest in being in shape. I have every interest staying fat. I have no interest any longer in keeping myself in shape the way I did and as crazy as I was doing it. Zero. Bro. You zero was, interest. You went heavy, 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 man. I never went that heavy. heavy I, I, heavy. I never wanted to be the strongest guy on the team. I wanted to be um, I wanted to be strong enough in my core. You know, I want to be strong enough to throw people around, but I didn't want to be so strong that I was, I was, you know, just too much time in the weight room. I spent oh, no, no. just enough. I, I, hey, just enough. I, because I wasn't as tall as you, I wanted to be quicker, faster, stronger. So when I lined up across from someone, he was never going to be faster than me. Right, he right, was right. Never going to be stronger than me. And this is going to be a battle of wills here. And hey, now at times you're going to line up against Mike Munchak. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bruce Bro. Matthews, that shit don't matter because those right. guys are strong like that too. Right, you know right, I mean? right. So, 
That shit don't matter. When you got to the NFL, man, you had to be like that because if you were someone short, but dude, 605 bench, I told you all this, 800 score. I was like this, look, I'll never do that shit as long as I live. I I don't, hey, I'm where you were when you first got to college. If I could do 145 right now, I'd be stunned. (laughs) Okay, and I I think I said, I did 605. I'm never going to do anything like this. My wife goes like this, what do you, Aren't you ever gonna get no, 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 no? You my married uncle. this, you married this is this is all you getting. No, this is it. I ate the guy she married. Right. <laughs> I don't even look like the same guy. I have no interest in this. Bro, all right. I, I don't even try, man. I I, I um like see I that shit that you did today? Dog, come on. <laughs> I didn't even touch the weight. I can't bench because my shoulders feel like they're gonna fall off. Seriously, then why? I, I just you I, need to walk. If anything. A walk and that's it. And maybe, hey, watch this. Light bench, shit like that. You know, come on. I don't. Man. I don't go over. I don't. I don't go over the high. The, the heaviest I've been in the past year and a half is two twenty five. I did two twenty five. That's good. That's good. I could probably do three fifteen if I had to. I, I believe that. I believe that. Yeah, I if I be- had to, I could probably do it. A couple years ago, I jumped under there. I hadn't benched in. Like, like like 15 years or such, and I did 405 still. What? Yeah. Bro. <laughs> the pinnacle. My yeah, pinnacle dude, was 4, I couldn't lift my arms for three weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. My, my, my shoulders are going to fall All out, right. man. So how long, how long have you lived in Philly now? Um, I got here in 95, man. So what is it? Uh, okay. 22, so 95. 32 years? 32 years? 22 years. 22 years. No, okay. more than that. 95, and this is uh, 2020. That's 30, 32 yeah, years. Barrett, Barrett, it's let, let, keep the math to me. It's 30. Right, right, right. <laughs> 30 years. That's crazy, man. Hey, okay, so you 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 know the fans, right? I know them, for sure. Okay. I absolutely know them. So last night, Phillies come back. They rally. They win against the Mets 5-4. Alec Baum. That hurts you, three, right? Three errors. Then he says, and excuse me, Aunt Betty, um, this is a quote. I fucking hate this place. Okay, now, will Philly fans forgive him? And Philly fans and Phillies fans, will they forgive him? No. No. They won't forgive him. I, I, and I, I, I just know this honestly, unless he brings this team a championship. They will not forget that. They will. They they might. Um, they're not going to cheer for him anymore. You can believe that. They're not going to care for him anymore. Oh, so that that's over with. Done. Was Done. it this guy the third? If I remember right, isn't this kid like the third pick out of Wichita State? Something like, like that. an eighteen or something like that. Wasn't he a first round pick for the Phillies? Yep. Okay. This they is the same care. kid then. Wichita State. Well, see. Look at this. Put it like this. I played with Ricky. My first game, his first game in Philly was my my rookie year. And he had alligator. We, we were losing to Tampa Bay, and they threw a pass from over the middle. And he had alligator arms. And he went to catch, you know, it's towards the end of the game. We couldn't come back. And he, and he alligator armed it and said, um, they interviewed him afterwards. They said, well, why didn't you go for that pass, you know, that Randall threw you? And he said, for who? For what? <laughs> and he had a 1,500-yard season that year. And wow. they, still, they still didn't forgive him. They still didn't forgive him. He was still the for who, for what guy. Even to this day, he's the for who, for what guy. 
So yeah. once they put that label on you in this city, absolutely, absolutely. Have they labeled this kid? Is this kid here that, that you think the city will turn their back on him? On this? Uh, they absolutely will. They absolutely will. Unless he brings them a championship, they're going to absolutely turn their back on him. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to, they'll, they'll boo him, outwardly boo him, but they, he won't have the same support. Yeah. But we, here as fans, we just ask you to give your all and, 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 and care about, you know, the city you're, you're playing in. They take that very seriously. He apologized, though. He no, said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but, you know, my emotions Ricky, got the best of me. Ricky spent three years apologizing. They still have it. <laughs> they still have it. For real. I mean, it's, just, it's not. It's, it, if you don't want to be bad. here, yeah, you don't want to be here, then go. That's the way they feel. You don't want to be here, then go. We don't care about you. Man, I tell you something, man. I mean, of all things to say, I, you could have said, watch this. F these fans today. Right. Hey, yes. You know what? These guys are being awful today. You know, hey, I get it, but kiss my ass. Anything. Well, look, but look to at say that's the same thing. Here. Mike Schmidt did the same thing. And they respect him. But that dude hit 580 home. Right. <laughs> but you know, they respect him. He won him a championship and everything. But yeah. there's still the hardcore group of people to be like, that's why you don't hear about Schmidt as much as you hear about the other guys on the team. You know what I'm saying? He's not like he's ostracized, but it's not like he's open. He's he's welcome with open arms all the time. You know, he said a lot. You know, you got guys like Doc, you know, they'll forever be remembered. You know what I'm saying? But no, uh, you, you you just can't do that to this fan base. You can't do it to them. Man, I just I, – I, I, I watched the game last night, too. It was a damn good ball game. And I'm sitting there, and I, and I, I thought he mouthed that. He did. And they were giving him the Bronx cheer, you know what I mean? You know, because yeah. he got over to first base, <laughs> and they were cheering. And when I thought he mouthed it, and I'm going, did he just say I effing hated here? Yeah, and I was like, dude, they better. And sure enough, before you know it, it's on the internet, and it's going like this guy says he hates Philly. If this guy, he could kiss my. I'm going like, wow, this guy. It was an avalanche last night. I hate to do it to him, but he's done. And and, <laughs> and, and plus, he's done nothing. He's done nothing since he's been here. Not for oh, real. He's for been real. inconsistent for sure. Right. That's an understatement. I like. I hate to do it to you, but you know. He did it to himself. So Barrett Brooks has now put this out there. Sorry, dude. It's over. Yes. Yes, it is over. <laughs> Stick a fork in him. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful, Barrett. Congrats, man. You're a kick-ass. Oh, my God. And he God. said, look, he said the emotions got the best of him. Well, they will be emotionally on your ass for the rest of your career here. Believe that. Believe that. As long as he's here. Right. I mean, look at – I mean – Look at look at Rager. You know, look what's going on with him. You got to give your all for this fan base because they're going to give their all in cheering for you. You know what I'm saying? You're not these guys are they don't take a they don't take a break. And there's expectations on Right, this. right. This kid was this kid's a first round draft choice and this has been part of the problem with the Phillies over the last 20 years, Barrett, is that they have guys on that baseball team that are underachievers. Yep. Okay. Right. And and this is part of the issues. He's been up and down since he's been in Philadelphia. You know, not exactly what they thought for the third pick in the draft. <laughs> okay, right? Exactly. So exactly. Exactly. And then you drop the 
I hate it here, bro. <laughs> you hate I, it here, we I, hate to I, do it to you. I just was like, it's over, man. This can't bear. I, I couldn't wait to hear you say that. It's these fan base, that these fans are not going to tolerate that, especially if you're hitting 238. Nor should they. You know what I'm saying? Nor should they. I mean, they've given them every opp- opportunity to lock down, um, you know, third base. They give them every opportunity. I thought they were going to go in the offseason and do something, too, and make a move there and Me get too. a third baseman. Me, too. But, you know, they, they gave him another shot. They're going to give him another shot. But, you know, come on. You can't do that, man. You can't do that. You, you know, think they need this speeds up the exit for him here? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. He's got to do something right now. But, see, he's got to get his, he's gotta get his, his, um, his playing up, you know, because he's going to hit the market pretty soon. And he's going to have to do something to show that he's worth whatever they're going to give him. You know, because he's been less than stellar at third base. You know what I'm saying? Less than stellar. Less than stellar. That's that's an understatement. All right. Right. Are you buying that the Eagles are getting calls for Jalen Rager? Why? Why would he? <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been saying that. Hey, what's out there is is that the Philadelphia Eagles have been getting calls, according to some people in the Philly media. This is all being based in Philly, nowhere else. And they're saying that Jalen Rager and the Eagles are having conversations with other teams. May I make a comment here, Barrett? Yeah. I I personally think, okay, I personally think this is the Eagles throwing it out that we're taking calls. They're trying to create a market. And your minions are trying to create a market for the guy. Yes, that's all. They're just trying to make a market for him, get, create a market for him. Okay, John Mullen is saying that he thinks that uh, Roseman would take a six-rounder for him. <laughs> a six-rounder. I would take a blocking dummy for him. I would take a pack of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> And they can keep the prize. Just give me the, just give me the, the, the you know, the popcorn in it. Because he, 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 nobody's calling for him. You can find that. You can find that. You know, in free agency. You know what I'm saying? A, an undrafted free agent guy could come in and put the numbers up he just put up. I'm sorry, man, but he has done nothing right now to to garner him being trade bait. Are you kidding me? No, no. <laughs> Dude, you're on fire today, man. I mean, the kids never have a chance to come back at third base. And Jalen Rager, dude, nobody's calling for you, man. Nobody. They're not. What What would they call for him for? Oh, we got a job at the post office? We got a job at the post office. That's what it is. And I hope the kid comes out and plays lights out. See, I told you, I played with his father. Me and Monty are like this, man. But Monty also understands the nature of what the NFL is. Is what have you done for me lately? And he's done nothing the past two seasons. You have to show me better. You can tell me. I'm from St. Louis. The show me state. You got to show me better. You can tell me. Given the opportunity to go out there, and they gave him every last opportunity in that 17 game schedule to come out and play um, at least a little bit better than he did, and he could not do it. So how can That's they commit? How can they commit to a guy that gives unproven? Results. Well, no, he gives proven results, proven that he doesn't deserve to be the second receiver, third receiver, or fourth receiver on this team. He has done nothing in the roster spot. No, no, he doesn't. Not at this point. 
I mean, this is an unforgiving league, unforgiving. You know what I'm saying? They labeled me a backup, and it took me four years, four years of just playing lights out every time I had the opportunity in order to stay in the league because of that label. You know what I'm saying? This kid is given the opportunity for an entire year, and they kept pushing him out there, and he kept not catching the ball. He kept not getting open. He kept not breaking plays on special teams. I mean, it gave him too much. There's only so much gimme they're going to take, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to go out there and, 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 and ball, man. Give me some results. This is a results-driven league. How about show me you care? A little bit too, and some that of those routes you don't run correctly, and yeah, but you know, Barrett, the Eagles are committed now to like Olympic snowboarders, and you know, signing those Olympic snowboarders and bringing them in now. You know, we got a brand new guy, wide <laughs> receiver. Hey, did you see the new snowboarder we signed? He looks like Xander. <laughs> <laughs> uh, At least he's a true athlete. He's a hurdler. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he, he's a true it's not like they, they they did have a guy that was a skier here. I forget his name. He was a skier, and they drafted. I think he's from Colorado. No, 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 no. What is it? Riley Cooper? No, he, Riley Cooper's from Florida, man. Oh, he, that's, he, oh, he's that's from the right. deep he's south. Third Gator guys. I yeah, forgot he was a third yeah. Gator guy. Con- con- confetti flag, Confederate flag on his. Oh on, yeah, on his generally and everything. Bro. Hey, 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 Barrett. Think, but one, one thing on that. So I got recruited by Ole Miss once. They sent me a video about how, and I saw what they did with that Confederate flag walk when they back in the day. The Confederate flag, you the team came out and the Confederate flag. Was on the field. I went. I don't think so. Right, right. <laughs> I went like this. Hey, man. I don't think I'm going to a school that had a Confederate flag on its helmet and on the field. I said that ain't cut. That ain't working for me, man. Bro, I used to love the General Lee and the Dukes of Hazard, man. But once I really realized what the what that you know General Lee was, with the um, with the um, who General Lee was, and also what that flag was, I had to let it go, man. I couldn't watch it anymore, man. <laughs> Oh, you like you liked what's her name and them Daisy Dukes. That's yeah. all you like. Yeah, man. you know, I mean, you know, I mean, driving cars. You know, that was my thing. Driving fast cars, being chased by the police, jumping creeks, and all that. That was my that was my stilo. I love that man, but I just couldn't get with it after that. You know what I'm saying? Just couldn't get with it. Oh, that, there he is, right there, Jeremy Bloom. By cops. There you go, Jeremy Bloom. Man. That's what his name was. He was a um, he was a. He was I remember a that dude. Yeah, skier from Colorado. That's but right. Yeah. He's another one of your legendary wideouts that you've had over here over the last 25 years <laughs> to go along with those guys who've never had a 100-catch th- season in the history of the team. All right. But that could change. When? Jamison Williams is in town today. What do you make of that? Oh, he needs to be in town. In fact, don't let him leave. Lock him up in the closet until he's, till he's better. Let him come out and rehab, and that's it. Make him stay here. He's one of the most explosive receivers in this draft, man. Uh, to me, he's the he's he's number two wide receiver out of everybody. You know, he why, and Wilson. Why are you separating him compared to everyone else? Well, because he's he's hurt right now. But I mean, talking about explosiveness, straight straight line speed, creating separation in his route running. I mean, he was just a great player. And just the mere fact that you know, you see how many receivers are coming out of University of Alabama right now is just ridiculous. You know, so. Wilson, just because he's not hurt, will be the number one guy. I think that Williams is next. And then, you know, it gets kind of, you know, I mean, you, you got Burks. 
I think Burks and 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 Olave on the same line. I just think the size that Burks has just just setting him apart. You know, the ability to do whatever you want to do with him sets you apart. The only reason why I wouldn't want him to be, uh, I, I wouldn't say he's better than um than than you know Williams. Number one, he has that size, and I don't know what they would do with that size here in Philly. I mean, they have the same type of build guy in Jalen Rager, and it's not working too good. You know, the results aren't there. If you get a guy like Williams, he's he's going to command that you throw the ball to him. He's going to be open. You know, and that's, I mean, that's what Jalen, that's what Jalen needs. Somebody that you know is going to be open when he runs route. You're going to have the separation from the DB when he runs routes. The speed alone creates that separation. So, you know, that would make him a better passer, having a guy like Williams in the huddle. If they draft a guy with a premium pick, first three rounds. Does that mean the end of Whiteside on the roster? Yes. Yes. Unless he moves to tight end. Or well, how about this? Whiteside or Rager, and one of those guys will be gone, or both of those guys will be gone if they go into the draft. Probably they keep Rager because you got to keep face because of the first pick, right? That's, first that's round the pick. only reason why he's a first-round pick. Um, but, I mean, apples, oranges, all fruit. You got a guy in, 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 in – you know, Jay Jaw did. Jay Jaw had two catches last year. How are you an NFL receiver, even not being a starter? You only have two catches for an entire season. Who played? I think he's, he played like thirty-eight percent of the snaps. Wow! At receiver, you only have two catches. That's I don't crazy. care if they bring you out there as a blocker or not. You know what I'm saying? Even a tight end catcher, we, we our tight ends have more catches than they do than he does. So is he designated for special teams, and that's it? No, he's on the field as a blocker. So they don't even throw the ball to him and have him part of the game plan. Dan, he's on the field as That's a designated crazy. block. Dan, he needs to he needs to gain about 20, 30 more pounds and become a tight end. You know what I'm saying? Be like a Shannon Sharp S type of well, no, I ain't just gonna say that. I'm saying size wise, like yeah. Shannon, you know, size wise, not production wise. But you know, he needs to bulk up, become a tight end. And he might be a, a, a versatile weapon then. You know what I'm saying? That'd probably be his best bet. Because you when you're a receiver, man, you get paid to catch, man, not block. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at the end of the day, they want you to they have tight ends that can go out there and block. Running backs and fullbacks go out there and block. Well, if he played 38% of the game and all he is being asked to do is block, and they're first in the NFL and running the ball, did he do his job or did they do the task that they asked him to do was he part of that run game i mean barrett it's one thing to say and again i agree with you 100 you don't draft a guy that high for him just to be designated as a slug blocker you get those guys in the fourth and fifth rounds and you get them on those contracts and then their next contracts if they're still valuable to your run game you pay him a little extra more so i understand what you're saying too high. What was he a second round pick? Second round pick. Second round pick. That's way overpriced. Way too much money just to be a one dimensional football player. However, to his side of it, if they're the number one running attack in the NFL and he's on the field when they're running the ball on first and second down, and they're designating him for that, isn't he falling into the line of what they're asking him to do? Bro, not even being on purpose, you're going to be out there on third down. You know what I'm saying? You're still you, I'm trying you're still to make routes. Kid. No, you still got to okay. run routes. You, no, we're talking about 17 games, an average of at the most, I mean at the least, 65 snaps a game. That's incredibly high. 
and you're not you're not you're not doing anything, man. You're not part of the you're not part of the passing game. Absolutely terrible. You, you can't do it, man. I mean, I mean, look at it. Seventeen games. There's sixty five offensive snaps on the on the average. You play half of those snaps, or you know, a little under half of those snaps, and you don't you don't have two catches. By default, by default, you know, even 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 me as a as a goal line tight end when I played, I never got a ball thrown to me. But I have more of a likely chance of catching a pass than he does. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. That's ridiculous. That's what that is. Yeah, I, 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 absolutely. I'll tell you why. And I was explaining this yesterday on the afternoon show. And tell me if you, if you go down this line here. Barrett, when you're – I was telling Xander this too because Xander in his Alabama ties. Here's, here's – when you're in a room, and I've been in a room like this, when you're in a room and you see first-round picks and you've got guys who potentially will be Hall of Fame guys, think of who Jamison Williams was in the room with, Barrett, the last couple of years. Jalen Waddell, uh, Devontae Smith, okay, Calvin Ridley. Okay, all these guys that you were saying are spread all over the league. And when Jamison Williams is lining up in nine on sevens or seven on seven, he's got Patrick Sertain on the other side of him. Yep. And they're going all week long against the first round pick. And you're going against all those guys like that. Some digs and digs. And and, and di- you're going against all of these phenomenal players then. On Saturday, you're playing against Stingley at LSU. You're constantly going against and in the room with great talent, playing against great talent, and then competing against great talent. To me, that's why these Alabama wide receivers, when they come into the league, you go like this to them. Jesus, criminy, man. You're going against the best kids in practice. You're going against the best kids in the country every Saturday. And look at the room you're in. Dude, just to get 20 passes or 30 passes at Alabama, you got to be somebody special because what's the notion of this program like that? If you can't play, just like with us, if you couldn't compete as a freshman, man, number one thing, they redshirted your ass. Yep. They just redshirted you. But if you were going to give some – if you were going to bring something to the team, Jimmy would play your ass. That's exactly what Saban does. And – Think about the coaching that those guys are getting, too. They got a pro coach as their wide receiver coach. Xander, I don't even know who the uh, Bama wide receiver coach is, but I'll tell you this, Barrett. If I was an NFL team looking for a wide receiver coach, that'd be the guy that I'd be talking to right there because that dude there, just like the offensive line coach in Philadelphia who was a Bama guy, I don't know, man. That guy's been putting out some wheels in the NFL over the last couple of years. I told you my guy, Eric Wolford, uh, is not offensive line coach at Alabama now. You know, he was my left guard when I was at college at Kansas State. Um, hey, also, I, 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 let me stop. I got to give you your props, man. Ever since, you know, you talked to me about um, Cross from, from Maryland, that kid from Maryland, man. I've been doing my due diligence and my research on him. Bro, he's explosive. Yes, he can play that high safety. He runs a 4-3-40. He's a dynamic type of athlete. I don't know why he is being tagged a third round or two. I, I don't what, know why. Yeah, exactly. I watch a film on Heat. No, he deserves to be up there um, as a first-day draft pick from what I saw on film and the way I've seen him run, and, and, and he's a big hitter also. 
Wow. I looked at I looked at him. I looked at him the same way you did, and I go, maybe it's the position, Barrett, that you don't draft a safety in the first round that high, and you maybe it's because you know what? If you look at the position. That Jamal Adams deal, dude, was a train wreck for Seattle. You don't give up that many first-rounders, and it's been a colossal. To me, that Jamal Adams deal, when they had to give up all those first-rounders, Baird, in my opinion, that was the beginning of the end of Russell Wilson. Yep. With that poor move they made by giving him $20 million, and they gave the Jets all those first-round picks and high-collateral picks, I believe that that was the beginning of the undoing that Seattle had to do this. We got to get, we got to get some draft choices in here and we've got to rebuild this football team. That was the beginning. So Barrett, maybe the safety position is looked at and you and I agree. I think, right. That safety is a, is a tone setting position for your defense. If you have a guy back there, Barrett, that could set the tone as your safety man, they're, they, they just like John Lynch's of the world, the Cam Chancellor's, those guys set the tone for your defense. And that Legion of Boom was led by Cam mm-hmm. Chancellor and the other safety, you know, what I'm yeah. saying? Thomas. So they tried, they were trying, I guess they were trying to recreate that defense to give, you know, a little bit more of a, of a solid base. That's in correct. That defense. Plus, but, Adams gets Adams was pretty good coming off the blitz. He had, he had like a double digit sack year up there one year. I think the first year he got up there. Yep. I think he had a double-digit sack here, but he's falling completely off the planet. And I saw this guy playing in the Big Ten last year, and I watched him a couple times. You know, I keep an eye on Maryland a little bit, and I watched him, and I saw this kid cross, and I'm like, holy cow. So I talked to Kevin Glover. You know, Glover's in the alumni. Um, yeah. He's yeah. been the alumni part of the uh, Maryland Terrapins. He lives there in College Park. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, Kevin Barrett played with Kevin in Detroit. And um, <clears throat> he was a teammate of mine at Maryland in a little bit when I had my cup of coffee in Detroit. He um, he goes like this, Dan, you got to watch this kid cross, man. He is a hitter. He's got great speed, okay? He's got great closing speed. Um, his hands aren't all that great. I'm like, well, I don't care if my safety doesn't catch balls. I care he knocks people out. Right. <laughs> but you can't do that these days, man. Yeah, you and, can't. But what makes him good, though, he's one of those guys you could cons- – disguise your defense with he's fast enough way fast enough that all right if you run a single high he's one of those guys that could line up he he, he could line up where you want a single high you want a single high and you can line him up around the line of scrimmage but he's fast enough to get back there and be in the deep hole just because he's so athletic four three forty come on man this, this kid can do everything and that's what that's what these new wave defensive coordinators want yeah, they want the troy palomalos guys like that that they play. They can be somewhere else and still get back and play the position they're supposed to be deep in the hole. Or maybe if you wanted to run a two high safety and you want to, you know, make sure that you want to cover the run. He's fast enough. He could cover the run also. So I mean, it's he's. I mean, he's. I, I think he's better than the two kids. You know, the the kid from Penn State and Illinois, uh, Kirby Joseph. I I watched him. You know, Russell filmed out on him. Kind of the same guy, but he's he's just. He plays bigger, though. You know what I'm saying? He plays bigger. Yeah, that's um, the kid's name. That's the kid's name, right, from Illinois. Yep, and then um, Brisker from Penn State. Yeah, He's just a solid guy, a box safety, a solid guy. He's going to go up and make plays um, uh, behind the line of scrimmage when you send him on blitzes, you know, short tackler. But he's strictly a box safety, though. Have you looked at that? 
have you looked at that corner yet from Cincinnati, Kobe Bryant? Oh, you talking uh, Sauce Gardner? Oh, yo, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have yeah, you yeah, looked yeah, at yeah. him? Yeah, I did. You know, he was... he's pretty. You know what? The other guy, the Solid. other guy, obviously got no attention because he's a lockdown corner. Yep. But this kid got all the attention, and I, I, I thought I thought he's a pretty good football player. And he is. I mean, like you know what? Around the hundred and first pick, where. Yep. The Eagles pick. I, I mean, if he's down there, they need another corner. I wouldn't mind taking a shot at him. I think that's what the Eagles um, should really be looking at is, is, is a corner, you know, in this draft. Um, you know, get, get somebody, you know, opposite a big play slate. Give him an opportunity to go out there and cover your number one, number two. He could cover a number one, number two receiver. And them not worry or hold your breath that every time the ball goes up in the air, there's nobody there to compete for it. They need that type of player, man. Nelson was cool last year, but they need to have confidence. And I don't think this defensive coordinator had a lot of confidence in Nelson, you know, going through the season. Let me ask you this about something that I noticed. And tell me maybe I'm wrong because you look at it through the eyes of an offensive player and has a game plan against defense. Am I right when I say this? The perimeter speed on the Eagle defense, they don't really set the edges all that hot. I well, mean, they call it. Am, am I am I right when I say that they're just not really, really, really fast out there on the perimeter, and they break the edges down on the Eagles sometimes when they get out wide on them, and they just I don't think there's a lot of team speed out there. Am I right when I say that? It's, it's not necessarily the team speed. You got to call an aggressive defense, and they don't call aggressive enough. You play through your defensive coordinator. If you if you have an a hole of a defensive coordinator that that you know just just a nasty type of um play caller, then you play to that to that level of, of, of confidence. You know what I'm saying? You want to be nasty. You want to play like that. You know, you look at the um the, the the early Eagles, you know, with Seth, Seth and and all those guys, you know what I mean? They wanted to just whip you. You know, I mean their big their rallying cry was, all right, I want to see how the second team quarterback plays. I want to see how good he is because we're going to knock the first team quarterback out. When you have that type of mentality, you play like that. And if you have a defensive coordinator that coaches like that, you tend to take on the you know the demeanor of your coach. Well, Gannon was not aggressive last year in his play calling at all, and it and it could be because he didn't think he didn't think he had the players to be that type of aggressive. But you can't allow you know if, if you have a when you play against a quarterback that you didn't have a lot of respect for. He played he played that way. He played intense. He played he played like he wanted to dominate that guy. But then when he got against a quarterback he respected, he played all too much, respected him too much. He's got to make sure that he calls an aggressive game. And I think once he gets his players in there, I, I hope, I'm hoping, I'm saying this because I hope he's going to call, plays more aggressive for these guys to play. When he told those guys, like, slaying them guys to play up tight, you know what I'm saying? Not even, man, even in, in his zone, play up tighter in the zone. Don't give them the first read. Make them go through the progression. Then those guys up front can get there. Or when you got a guy like Tom Terrific, you know, he's, you know, he respects them too much, playing guys off 10 yards. Man, Tom just dumped it off. That's like, you know, taking candy from a baby. You're just going to just dump it off. You got to make sure you call. It doesn't matter who's a quarterback. If you're going to be an aggressive play caller, do it. That way these guys to take that demeanor on. Good, bad, or indifferent, they're going to play aggressive. And you'll win more by playing aggressive than, than playing not to lose. There's just no question that when you saw some of these quarterbacks in there, and I'll give you the great example of what you just said. He was so concerned about being beat was Jonathan Gannon by the pass that yep. that's why the chiefs ran for 200 yards. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they, they were under the assumption that Patrick Mahomes was going to 
throw for 400 yards against the Eagle defense. You know what Reed did? When's the last time you saw Andy Reed run the ball for 200 yards with guys that were really known to be big-time running backs? But they had 200 yards rushing against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I can't remember the last time Kansas City had an effective running back, maybe when it was Kareem Hunt back there. Yep. But outside of that, Barrett, they were so concerned about the passing game that it really it, it was counterintuitive, like you said, to how they approached that they just wanted to play an umbrella defense against these big-time quarterbacks like Brady and Mahomes. They, they, let, they wanted to keep everything in front of them, and they were just assuming. And to some point, Patrick Mahomes was showing signs that he was impatient, and I yep. thought he was impatient many times. And that's what hurt him at the beginning of the year, but then he kind of rallied it around. I want to throw something at you. I want to take a timeout. And I want to show you exactly what a wide receiver is saying on how it would affect a player like Devontae Smith. One of his teammates made a comment, and I'm going to show you why and get your response on this, Barrett, why it's important to have another veteran wide receiver on this football team or another guy with great skill. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cilio. Please hit the like button. Back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. 
Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, Nation. Uh, welcome back, Middle Paired Brooks, Dan Cilio. CTE kicking in. Bro, bro, we all have it, man. We all have it. Man. Are you, you all right today? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Working. Trying to get this stuff, you know, situated and everything. But everything's cool, man. Why was that? Why you say that? Well, you know, you seem a little, like, bothered right now. Well, no, nah, man. You know, just, 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 this point, man, trying to get everything handled for this family, man. That's all. All good? Yep. Everything's straight, bro. Everything's straight. Just taking care of everything, make sure everybody's cool. You know what I'm saying? I'll put the blunt of everything on me so I can take care of everything. I see this, man. That's a fucking <laughs> thing. It is. <laughs> Got to take responsibility for things, man. I'll tell you what, Barrett. That's awesome, man. Right, right, right. I'll make it happen. Right now and, you know, taking care of family. Yep. That's exactly what it Everybody's is. Everybody's emotions right now are in your hands, you know? It's tough, it's awesome, man. man. I know I, I got you, man. I mean, shit, man. We send our love to you, man, for sure. Appreciate man. it. Appreciate oh. it. Appreciate it. You see, you're one of them guys like me. That's all right. I got it. Don't worry. Okay, silly. We'll move right. on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, like, and I mean, that's what I'm saying. Great work with great guys like you and, you know, even, you know, Xander and his pops, man. You know, they, they, they like, hey, man, if you need to take the week, man, take the week. I'm like, I'm can't take the week, bro. Oh, no. Although I won't be on Thursday. I won't be on Thursday. But I can't take the week. And the funeral's on Tuesday. I won't be on Tuesday. But other than that, man, of course, I'm coming to work, man. I can work. I, I, and the reason why I come to work, because I enjoy working with you, bro. I enjoy Thank working you. with you. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you, man. I mean, I told you. I told Xander this. Man, you come put big sales with anybody because I hate everybody sometimes. <laughs> and it's just not going to happen. I just kiss. I'm like, I love doing it. With you, because I don't really, I don't believe in partner radio. I just don't. It's tough, man. Because you know why? The guy usually they put me with is stiff, and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not working with this dude, man. I have no intentions. Because you know, everybody, see, you're a star, man. To me, in my opinion, twelve years, bro. You know how much I respect that. To play one second in this league. Than to play 12 years, and I don't give a shit, Barrett, what they labeled you as. <laughs> right, 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 right. My wife says the same thing. That guy's a 10-year guy, but well, you know how I feel. And I'm like, because she saw, hey, I'm the greatest example of what you can see what it takes to play because I had to play in four different leagues to play seven years. And for you to stay in that NFL, man, you knew exactly what to do. And yeah, see, yeah. situations like that are going on personally for you, you're able to departmentalize that and still do your job. You did that while you played, and that's why you played as long as you did. Bro, you got to make sure. People think it's just showing up, kissing, right, right. to cash and paychecks. It ain't. <laughs> if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it, man. That's, I, right. I, that's what I, I will say that. But, you know, it wasn't – it was – the hardest thing about getting in the NFL was, 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 was basically – Staying in the NFL. Oh God, yeah. It was easy for us really to get there. You know what I'm saying? Because we it doing was. something that we love. We're doing something we love. And we knew that we were the best and at the top of you know of, of, of other players. We knew how good we were going through that process. So it was never about confidence uh and on us getting there. We knew we were gonna get to the league. But once you get there, having staying power, see that's that's the issue. People don't understand how hard it is once you get there. It's to stay there. You know, staying power is hard because you're not just 
you know, when we were on our teams, we were all Americans. So we were like one of what, four or five guys on the team that were all Americans. But you look, you get to the NFL, everybody's an all American. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? You don't get picked up like that if you're not an all American. So when you got a team, 53 guys that are all Americans, you had the cream of the crop, the best athletes in the world. I'll tell people the last guy to get picked in the NFL draft is still better than probably 99% of the world as far as athletes, man. So, you know, you just can't, you don't just get there because you're okay. You get there because you're the cream of the crop. So it wasn't about just getting there. Getting there was easy. It's staying there. That's when you really started pledging. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's when you really started having to go to work and cross your T's, dot your I's, run a little harder, lift a little harder, knowing how to prepare yourself, watch a little bit more film. You know, did you eat the right things yesterday and today? You know what I'm saying? Did you did you get a little film study in? I mean, those are all things that you have to take care did of. Did you work on your yeah. mental game too, as long with along with ah, your da, da. physical game? Because Barrett, the thing, I mean, working on the physical game, and dude, I had the moment that you just said, I swear, Barrett, I get my buck helmet. I'm in the middle, I'm sitting in my locker, and I here's my next okay. What the F do I do next? I'll never forget (laughs) saying that. I got an NFL locker, Dan Cilio, Buccaneer. I got the gear, and I'm all like this. I'm looking. I'm like, holy shit, I'm here. Now what do I do? And it was like you have to reevaluate your goals, re-aim them, but you have to do it. And in our day, Barrett, you had to do it like this. Or get this. You were out like that. Exactly. Today – I think this is what bugs you and me about Jalen Rager and guys like Whiteside who get these hall passes to be on football teams that you and I, man, were not given opportunities. You were to way more extent. But, man, when I'm sitting there and you're keeping a guy who's less of a talent than you because you drafted him, I can't tell you. That's what happened in Detroit. They decided to go and keep Lawrence Pete because they drafted him. And I said – Man, that guy couldn't clean my jock strap, and you know that. Okay? <laughs> Just like oh your boy God. your boy Butch. Your boy Butch. You know, he wanted to get the, the, the Canadian football player kid. That you notice he with. keeps throwing that back at you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so I'm like, yeah. yeah. But you know what? I'm going to tell you too. The first thing that um that when I first got into that locker room, it wasn't necessarily like, man. Do I belong in here? Because I'm looking around. I see uh, Randall Cunningham over there. Ricky Waters is sitting over there. Kevin Turner is talking to Ricky. Charlie Garner's not talking to anybody because he hated everybody. <laughs> um, you know, I look over. I see William Fuller over there. Willie um, Willie T. He's in his locker. And the only thing I was thinking to myself is, man, did I run enough to be in shape for this 20 minute run that we have at the end of practice? That's all I was worried about is this 20-minute run, not about the playbook, not about if I belong to be in the NFL. I didn't worry about any of that stuff. I was worried about running a 20-minute run after practice. So we had to practice for a conditioning test. We were going to have to have a 20-minute run to see, you know, and, and engage what type of shape you were in. And that 20-minute run had me spooked. So I'm out there playing, man, and – 
you know, once I was on the field, everything just took over. You know, I just bam, it popped into my head. All right, I'm I'm balling now. Here we go, let's go. And I'm lining up right there. I got William Fuller looking across from me. I'm battling him, you know what I'm saying? We're going tit for tat. You know, he he yelling at me, I'm yelling to him with frat brothers, you know what I'm saying? I was whooping his ass too, you know what I'm saying? And as a rookie, <laughs> I'm in there whooping him, you know what I'm saying? And right after that, I'm thinking, man, that 20 minute run is like two more periods. That's all I was caring about, this 20-minute run. Man, I started a 20-minute run, and I had all this anxiety over this damn 20-minute run. I, got eight, I had 18 minutes into the 20-minute um, run, and that's when I got tired. I was cool. I was cool. And I was like, man, I only got two minutes to go. I wrote it on out, and that's kind of how my NFL career went too, man. You all worried about getting there. Now that you're there, you're going, and once you're going, you enter that groove. And then towards the end, you're like, man, this is year 10. I can't believe this, man. So you think you, you overthink it. you think you overthink things sometimes? I always overthink things. I always overanalyze. I'm, I'm always thinking, all right, what I do this? Well, how am I going to do that? Well, I need to do this to get to that. How about I just take care of what's happening right now as opposed to thinking about what's going to happen later so on? So if you That's had to do it all over again, you would have just said, F it, hey, man, let's just go and let's my feet are where I am right now. But just rock out. Yeah. Just rock out. That's all I say. I just just rock out, man. I tell my daughter, my daughter has that same issue. My daughter has that same she's like this, you know, she'll oh she'll she'll go like a coach will say something to her after a rugby game that they won. By the way, they they're gonna play. Guess who they're playing this weekend? Who's that? So now they're playing BYU, Washington, wow. Stanford. Yeah, they're playing BYU, Washington, and Stanford and little GCU. From Arizona is the second seeded team wow. in this tournament. Congrats, and bro! If they win this tournament, they go to the national championship. They won their regional. Now they're on the Pacific Coast. They win this, finish one or two, then they play for the national championship in Chicago. Wow, that's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's like, and my daughter though, coach said something to her, and she's like, she repeated it twice to me. I go, so it's an issue with you. She goes, how do you know that? I go. Well, anytime you repeat something twice, right? <laughs> and she goes, "Well, he no." Remember what I told you, Dave. When a coach says something, he's not doing it to be destructive. He's doing it to help you. You guys won. He's not. He's not shitting on you. And I go, "Don't overthink shit. Just go, go do it. Don't yep. be your dad, because that's the same thing. I would spin myself into a like I was a screw. Okay, I mean, I would just overthink shit. I'll tell you what would used to get me too. If I thought a dude blocked me. <clears throat> In practice, I couldn't sleep that night. I, I, <laughs> hey, dude, I would. I this poor kid, Mike Pigza, he was some guy that we had at UM. He was like a parade all American. And I said to him, man, he lined up on me. I said, man, this is gonna be a rough one for you, bro. And I broke his spleen. What? I, I, I stepped on him, man. I was just killing him because I, I think because he blocked me. I, I couldn't believe it. I took so offense to it, and everyone goes, "You're stupid, man." And I'm going. He goes, "Look what you did. You got you broke the guy's spleen." I go, "I didn't." He goes, "When you stepped on, trampled them." I was like, "I just was one of those dudes, man." I, <laughs> I I couldn't sleep the night before, man. If somebody blocked me, like when Nate blocked me one time in practice, he goes, "Man, don't start your shit with me today, okay? Just don't, please. I don't want to." Because I saw him fight Randy White, man. He went Duke for Duke with Randy White. What? Nate fight. Oh, Nate, don't let that nice smile fool you, man. Nate can fight. 
He oh. he he could fight. I couldn't believe it, man. He went Dukes for Dukes. Hey, hey, hey. Oh. With Randy White, man. I've seen some great fights before, too. I saw oh, him getting thrown. I, I, I just seen some great ones, too, man. But, hey, Anthony Wilson, get over, man. Okay, he was one year in, in, in Alabama. He didn't play against – well, he'll be playing against some guys this year. How about that? He'll play against them this year. He'll play against him this year. He'll, he didn't play against Diggs. And he, dog, come on. We don't know everything, bro. We that's know not, that's not nothing that That's kind of not what we're saying, though. Saying <laughs> right. That, we're just talking about the level when of you're competition. you're in a program yeah. with those kind of athletes, get over it, bro. Year out. You know, you know, Barry, yeah. I'm talking about rooms. I'm talking about, like, because Xander told me he's a third year um, junior. Yeah. When you're, yeah. when you're in rooms like that and, Jamison Williams only was at Alabama one year, fellas. He didn't play with Judy. That's not my point, Anthony. My right. point is that when you're in a room and you're in a program like that and you're constantly seeing great talent in the room and you're seeing people in there and you're playing against people like a Patrick Sertan is what I said. Like a Diggs. Like a Diggs. And you're doing it in practice and first-rounders are all over Alabama. Then you turn around and play against Stingley on Saturday. That's verbatim what I said. It's just it's just like it's just like when I played when I'm playing with the Steelers. Every time that I went out there and practiced on Wednesday and Thursday, I knew I played against the best defense right. in the NFL. So when I played on Sunday, it was nothing. It was a cakewalk because I had already played against the best players in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So it was an easy, it was an easy game going against Cincinnati. It was an easy game going against um Dallas or the Chargers because I had already played against one of the best rushing linebackers in Peasy, Joey Porter. I had already, you know, picked up a blitz from one of the best safety to ever play a game. Oh, by the way, he has a gold jacket on and uh, you know, in in Troy Palomalu. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was easy. I played with one of the best running backs to, you know, and open up a hole for Jerome Bettis. So all that stuff was easy on game day because of what I did in practice the day before. You know, Absolutely. that's what we're saying. It's hey, a comparison, when, you know. We're making analogies out here. Yeah, when 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 I was playing against, here here get this. So the running backs I played against, um, Highsmith was the third pick in the draft. Right. Um, Cleveland <laughs> Gary was um, a first round draft choice. Mel Bratton would have been a first rounder, but he got hurt. And Testaverde was the quarterback. We had a guy, Greg Rakosi, played center for the Cleveland Browns for like eight years. He took over from Mike Babb, and we're playing against all these guys every day, two hours inside drill. I'm going against first-round backs, and we're beating the shit out of them. And I got Jerome Brown next to me. I got Stubbs over here who was a second-rounder. I got my dude, man. the first-rounder with the Rams. I got all these guys. Behind me, I got Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland. Right. And we're sitting there, and you're playing like that, and you're playing ball like that, and you're doing that every day. Shit, we got to Saturday. Man, Oklahoma ain't got shit on us. We beat the pants <laughs> <Right>. off. <laughs> we beat the, hey, 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 get this, Barrett. The three years they played against us, they were 33-3, and three, and they lost all three games to us handily. Right. And that was, those were squads. Those were the buzzword teams. Yeah, I mean, that's They won a national title, too. Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson um, was on that. Keith and Jerome became great friends off that game, and then they eventually became teammates. Yep, and the um, in Philadelphia. Yep, and the Eagles. Yep, Keith loved playing in Philly. Let me ask you this here: I love what you were saying about Dillard yesterday, and what you were saying about uh, Gardner Minshew. Let me ask you this: Would you? 
consider doing this, bringing Cam Newton in to back up Jalen Hurts, or would you rather go into the draft and draft a rookie quarterback to back up a guy like Jalen Hurts? And the reason I say Cam, Cam has a style like Jalen, and he could help him because there's no experience. We talked about this yesterday, Barrett. There's zero experience at the skilled positions on the Philadelphia Eagles outside of your running back and your tight end. Everyone else is unskilled. Okay, and I, I, how about this? I'll take that back. Not unskilled, but there's not a lot of veteran leadership in that in that dynamic because yeah. these guys are going into their second year starting. I mean, yep. there's just not a lot of game experience with these guys. You get a guy like Cam. Would that be too much of a personality behind Jalen? And would Jalen not be able to handle that? I think Jalen handled the Wentz thing well. He'll Couldn't be fine he handle with that. something like oh, him yeah. being he in could. Philly? He could. He could handle it. And you're right. They would run kind of sort of the same offense anyways. Um, the only thing is you brought – you would bring Cam in and it'd be a legitimate um, – it'd be a legitimate, you know, battle between the two of them to start. And I, and I, I mean, I – I would love that. I would I would enjoy that. I would enjoy the you know competitive nature of both guys being there and pushing each other to be starters. Um and I still think that eventually that um that you know if you did do that, Jalen Hurts would still come out the starter. He'll be a better player for it also. It'll just, you know, make him go out here and 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 prove that he yes, he is the starting quarterback. Even though he is just to prove that he is, he will go out there and show he would erase all doubt. And that's what you want. You want that competitive nature. You want that competitive atmosphere in your locker room. You know, that's, that's what he came in. That's what the head coach came in saying. We want to create healthy competition in the locker room because that's how you win. You know, when you know that you have the ball because the guy that's sitting next to you is 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 is, is trying to go out there and, and and be a starter. You want that. When you look at the Eagles, you have two commodities that could really really put you in a different um, level if you were able to trade those two guys. Dillard, you can get a, you know, two or a one for Dillard. I, I, I truly believe that. You said, wait a minute. I'll tell you, I asked some people about him, and I do think some teams would maybe at the low end of the draft. I I, I don't know. I, I, I heard a guy who I really trust. I'll tell you who it was. It was Carl Dunbar. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, okay, great coach. I, you know what? Is he still with the Jets? Goes, he can play. He goes, I, yeah, I would think he could get probably – he wouldn't get top 15 picks, but you may be down at the bottom end of that, 33, 32. So what? Two, yeah. You yeah. might get a first or second rounder for him in there. So Carl agrees with you. Yeah, Carl, I mean, he, and I re, he's well-respected. You know, defensive line, he's coach. I, he's, he, he was with the Jets when I used to talk to him all the time. Now he's – I think he's – Well, he was at Bama forever. Yeah, yeah, he's with he was at now. Bama. Then he now he's. That's where I first met him. He's my fraternity brother. That's when I first met him when he was at yeah. Bama. When I was doing games, I did. I actually did uh, the uh, the uh, Texas A and M Alabama game, and he, he his guys were out there balling, man. That's I, I got first two dudes ball. on that coaching staff now. Um, he's with uh, the Steelers. On the Steelers, yeah, yep, yep. that played with me, um, and they they were former teammates of mine, and. Um, they're, they're, he's flat out said, he goes, oh, the kid Dillard, man, I think you could probably get a one for the guy. Because he's always looking at old linemen. He's always game planning against offensive linemen. Right, right. I, told him, I said, you better tell, you tell Hayward, get his ass going this year. 
I, I was friends with his pop, and I really loved that kid Hayward, man. That plays with the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, I man. I love that kid. But so to your point, you might be Barrett, you might be able to get a one to move that kid or he's a, a left tackle. tackle. He's a starting left tackle. It's hard to not get, you know, high draft. Look at what um look at what they traded for with uh the Ravens got in return for sending um Zeus's son over there, you know, to, to Kansas City. You know, so you can get some you can get some high draft capital for a guy like Dillard. You can, man. Only thing is you don't know how long um you don't know how long their starting right tackle is gonna be there. You know, you you don't know about Lane. Lane can play forever if he's if he you know if he if he keeps his head on straight and 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 continues to stay healthy. You know, he's one of those weight room addicts, man, that he might lift his weight off, you know, in a team. He 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 focuses and he's that intense when he's out in that um in that weight room working out and running and stuff like that. Did but you have a problem with him taking days off and games off last year? I didn't have a problem with it because I know mentally, you know, that's something that you can't that's one thing, that's one injury or or one um one sickness or one, you know, diagnosis you really can't do anything about. And that's head injuries. You know what I'm saying? That's why it's so hard to gauge, you know, what goes on with the head and and so you, you know, don't think it was mental issues where it was. No, it was, right. yes. It was. Okay. It was. It was. It was. So you look at that as an injury. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's something okay. that it's a sickness. It's it's something that people don't understand how powerful it is. You know, especially when because it's it's never anything as far. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a four fifty-five meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point, and it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly. Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Physicality. Jared, I wanted to him. quit. Huh? I wanted to quit. I get it. I couldn't do it, man. You know? I know. But mentally, you you were thinking that you couldn't. But some people can't get past that hurdle. You know what I'm saying? When you're, when you're so... And it was and the reason why I know you it wasn't physicalness. It wasn't his it wasn't, you know, what his body could go out there and do. He knows he's one of the most elite tackles in the league. And when you know that, you're not just gonna not want to play. Second team all pro, right? Yes. Yes. Made the Pro Bowl the year before. Yep. You know, it's not like this kid again. Lane can go out there and dominate. Lane knows he's dominating. He knows he's one of the top three right tackles in the league. So why wouldn't he want to play? And that's where I knew there was something wrong when, you know, he didn't want to play. You know, this guy shut down everybody. Nobody's really whooped his ass his entire career. He has shut down just about anybody that was in front of him. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't that. But the mind, man, you know, people don't understand that the game is, you know, they say it's 20% mental and 80% physical. I think it goes so far as to say 
is 10% um, um, physical. Yep. I mean, you know, 10% physical and 90% mental. Yeah. You yep. know what I'm saying? You got to know. I've never, I've never been in a situation in my life where my physical play yes. was something that held me back. Right. When I got to the NFL, I couldn't believe the mental games and all the things that went on to play in that league. And oh, I never got over how to get through the web that it is, man. It is a freaking and, – and people are going like, come on, man. Man, it ain't like that, man, because you've got a new obstacle every day in that league. There's something that's put in front of you that you see signs. And then you know why, Barrett – now I just realized it, Barrett. You know why we're a creature of the same kind of disturbing – uh, type of attitude is that we overthink things is because they put so many things in front of us. Watch this, Barrett. Here's a perfect one. So, Barrett, what if you saw on a Tuesday two offensive linemen being flown in and two offensive guards being flown in to be worked out on a Tuesday, and you were in getting a you were in getting a a steam, you were in getting a uh, your leg looked at, and you saw these two guys taking physicals, and no one said anything to you. No one brought anything up to you. But those two guys, you saw two guards walk into the training room. What would you think? Oh, you're like, oh, see? Uh, they, evidently, they haven't told me yet. And know this, folks. Nobody told them shit. Right, right. They didn't tell me that they were working out everybody, uh, working out some new guys. I mean, they're trying to replace me. They're trying to find somebody to come in and replace me. Man, I didn't play that hot this last game. Oh man, or I had a bad practice this day. Man, let me get let me get back on. Those are little mental games. How many always... weeks did that go on in your life in your twelve years? Every week, <laughs> every single week, they're trying to replace you. I, I I can't say it enough. You can go in there happy. They pat you on the back, give me all these data boys, data boy. You know what I'm saying? And you know, sign you to a new contract. Five minutes after they sign you, the ink's not even dry yet. They got two dudes working out. Right. (laughs) Trying to put somebody bigger, stronger, faster, younger. Cheaper. Most cheaper. (laughs) The the most part, cheaper. So it's never, you never get a chance to rest. You never get a chance to rest. That's why, that's why Brady's been as good as he is. He's always felt as though somebody's always trying to take his position. You know, like I played with Brian Dawkins, man. Dawkins was my dude, man. In fact, you know, he stayed for a month on my couch. You know, the year he got drafted, man. You know, he would you would think that you would think that Weapon X was a guy that had the, the most, you know, the, the highest confidence in the world. But I played with Brian for three years. And all three years, whenever he walked through the door in a, in coming into um the locker room, he would peek around the corner to make sure that there was no pink slip in his locker. <laughs> Every single day uh-huh. he would peek around the corner and be like that there's no pink slip in this locker. Somebody come up to him and sell him. Hey, Ryan Dawkins thought this, that. This is a Hall of Famer. A Hall of Famer. And he would peek into this locker room and be like, man, all right, there's no pink slip in my locker. That's how, that's the mind games. Oh, you live like that every day. Those are the mind games. And I mean, just little things like this. In game type situations. Now you've watched film than this guy for, you know, three different, four different games. And you watched every single move this guy's made. You've seen if he if he lines out a little wider, 
Now, I mean, just like even three inches wider, you know the pass rush is going to move. He's going to try to jump the gap, jump your outside shoulder, and get up the field. Then I get in the game. I see him go three inches outer. Oh, he's going to try to jump the gap. Instead of jumping the gap, he rips me inside. You know what I'm saying? Little yeah. games like that. You watch all this film trying to get an edge, and he takes that edge away just like that. Yep. But then you get used to that. Then, you know, you you got a counter move. Or I'll do something like when I'm trying to hook somebody. Nothing's predictable. Right. So if I'm trying to hook somebody out here, what I would do is instead of putting my head out there to try to hook them, I would throw my head to inside and wheel my butt outside and oh. then bring my head across. So, so your head him, Yeah, so it'll give him a false read. Yeah. On so it looks like I'm trying to go inside. He takes that that just slight step. You know what I'm saying? That slight step, and now I'm on the outside, dry block him on the outside. Now he's trying to fight his way across. That's when I use his momentum against him, ride him over, and put him on his back. Those are little things, little mind games you can play all the time on sound out there on the field. Man. That damn head fake, you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that son of a bitch, man. That thing was the worst. I've never, ever had anybody do that to me as effectively as Ray Donaldson did that to me. Mm. I could not believe, and plus Ray was. It, we'll, we'll continue the stories, man. We swept the top of the hour. We got to take a timeout. Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. 
go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. The middle, Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio. Oh, they hey. got it back. They got it back. Yeah, it's good. I like it. That's because huh. you, your boy Xander messed his uh, computer up. I appreciate it, Tone. Tone steps in, makes it happen. You know, Like a nice reliever, like a Mariano Rivera. Thank you. Sometimes you got to get the lefty in. You know, yep. the lefty in. You got him in there. You got to it in there, man. <laughs> Way to go, man. This is, hey, you have here. Tone, I'm going to throw this at you here. You ready? You know who Wally Pip is? <laughs> Don't do Zan like that. Hey, you know who Wally Pip is? Now you go. Okay. Well, Wally Pip was the guy, by the way, who started. You ready for this? He started. 1,100 ball games for the Yankees. People don't realize this. Wally Pip was he was the captain of the Yankees. He decides to do this one day, like Xander just did. Uh, you know, you know, takes a night off, right? And bam, what guess happened? who replaced him, Tone? Lou Gehrig. I <laughs> say <laughs> you got Wally Pip. <laughs> you got Wally Pipped. So anytime you hear that, this guy Wally Pip was a good ball player for the Yankees back in the day. Hey, you know I don't feel it today. Okay, well, 2,100 games later, Luke Garrick played consecutively. <laughs> I mean, you're like, wait a minute. The guy has almost 500 home runs, and he's Luke Garrick. Okay. That's what's being called Wally Pip. See, there you go, Luke Garrick now. Garrick. Dude, Garrick is the greatest first baseman that's ever lived. Wow. 354 batting, 345 batting average, 495 in home runs. 1900 RBIs. He's not known by the streak as Rip. See, Ripken is known by the streak. Okay. Plus, he was a damn good ball player, but Garrett's not known for the streak. He's known for right. the numbers he put up. Right, right. And plus, uh, plus, you know, plus, plus, you know, he, he, what's his name? He was a little, um, he was a little selfish, man. A lot of times he shouldn't even start, shouldn't even play, man. He did. And, and dude, hitting 201. Yeah, to the detriment of the team. He oh, completely played. was it to the detriment of the team at the end. Right, I mean, right. And then when he gets and he hits the home run off of Channel Park and he all starts, oh my God, he's hitting 203. I mean, really, this shouldn't even be in the game. But it's, well, see, and by the way, you could play five and two thirds and walk off the field in the American League and right, be replaced. Right. And they call that as a game where Garrett played all nine innings. Yep. 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 Okay. And, and you know what? I've always said this that streak that Garrett had, or even Cal Ripken streak, the streak that Favre has, that he played all those consecutive games. Yep. Dude, that's a games played streak. Okay. <laughs> he played, played. He played injured with lacerated kidneys and, like, I mean, injuries, lung, a collapsed lung one year he played with. Dude, nah. that, that consecutive, the five consecutive games played streak, in my opinion. He played, well, he played when his pops passed away. Played you ball play out. He threw for four touchdowns that night against the yeah. Vikings or something. Yeah, yeah. Come that was on, man. Really... Here I am. You know what I'm saying? My mother-in-law. You know, and I'm trying to push through this, and his pops passed away, and he still played in the game. 
You, play, you know what? I found out that, you know, I knew people on that coaching staff, they were telling me that his old man would have said, are you crazy? You're not missing this. <laughs> right. <laughs> he goes, bury me the next day. Right. That's what Farb, his family said, hey, we'll bury Pop the next day. You know, I mean, he'd want us to play. And you know he would. His father would want him to play. Exactly. Your exactly. family would want, want you to move. You know, you got other people you got to take care of here. You know, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a real quick story. Dude, this is <laughs> this is pretty really crazy. Um, I'm on the air, Barrett, and I get a text that one of Tony Dungy's sons dies. Oh man! And it was self inflicted. Mm. We all found out. Dungy was scheduled to come on my show. He came on the following day. We talked football. We talked bucks. I would never go near it. And at the end, I went, Coach, my condolences, man. He goes, hey, all good, family. And I called him after, and I go, Coach, you didn't have to do it. I really appreciate it. He goes, well, you remember this, Dan. I got six other kids that I have to be there for, and we can't let this thing go to shit here. So he didn't say shit I did. But he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, Dundee ain't dropping a shit bomb. He ain't swearing. No, it's not. <laughs> and 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 he goes, I got other things and other people. Like I was, I was so amazed on his leadership for his family because he knew he's got other kids. You know, he can't let them go down the drain. So he was going to be there for him. You know, it's kind of. I would think that that's kind of what happened with Andy Reid when he was the Eagles coach at the end, yep, right? With yep. one of his sons had that issue at the end, and it was very, very ugly and how that thing. Uh, happened a couple of years back when he was in Philadelphia, you know, met at the time, you know, other kids are in his family and he's got other, other people in his family. It's tough to be a coach playing sports or be anything involved in it like that and still have your family. You know what I mean? Well, bro, you, you, you got to make sure that you just, you, you keep walking, man. You know what I'm saying? You yeah, keep fighting. that's right. You fighting, man. I mean, I, I've, I've seen, I've seen guys go through it, man, and, and go into a shell. You oh, Absolutely. Mean? Going to a show, I mean, just just stop playing for the rest of the season. A guy, um, a guy I played with his mom passed away, and he was done for the rest of the season, bro. He was done so bad that they um they didn't cut him. They should have cut him, but that's just not what the um, the uh, Steelers organization does. They just won't do it. So uh, they gave him like almost like a, a leave of absence, and uh, he didn't have to come to practice. He was just devastated, you know. So he sat out five games. Didn't come back, you know. What I'm saying, rode the season, rode until the end of the season. That's such a great organization, man. <sighs> come on, man. Come on, man. No, I, I, I admire Steelers just so much, man. Oh, I, dude, my grandfather died. He couldn't talk to me. I wouldn't, wouldn't care anything happened. I, I lost. How about this? After my grandfather died, my fear of flying went away. I didn't care. I, I, I didn't care about anything. And what turned it around was my daughter being born. Because when my pop died, then when my grandma died, it was like, geez, I don't care. I, yeah. I don't care any longer. And it got better when my daughter got, you know, when I had, when right. I had a family of my own. Gave you something, it, to, you know, gave you something to care about more than yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because, man. yeah, just like that. You know what I mean, man? Here, let yeah. me throw this at you here. Um, I think this is kind of what we've been talking about, how important it is to get the best out of Devontae Smith. Jalen Waddle made a comment yesterday when they were talking about the addition of Tyreek Hill. And I'm going to quote it here. 
I'm going to suck up every single bit of knowledge and experience that I possibly can from Tyree Kill. I will be a shadow. And I'm thinking to myself, that right there is what we were talking about when you're at Alabama and you've got all those wide receivers. Now you're taking it to the next level. And remember, Barrett, I was telling you, you know how you become an NFL football player? What he's saying right here is, what is your blueprint? What is your game plan? How do you do things? What's your blueprint on how you became a pro and the pro that you are. I don't listen, you never want anything from a guy like Barrett when it comes to money. Do you know what the value when a guy like Barrett is when you walk in the locker room and say you're a rookie? Barrett, do you mind if I follow you around a little bit just to, you know, see how because I need to get into a routine. Barrett got into a routine quick. I didn't. You found somebody, you were talking about some of the veteran guys. You built yourself a routine as quick as you possibly can, and that is what saves you, and that's how you play in this league. You get into a routine. That's exactly what he's talking about here. How would Devontae Smith know anything about a routine from Jalen Rager or from Whiteside? <laughs> right, right, right. How and would it, he know? Right, he, right. All he knows right now is SEC and Alabama stuff. You know, you can have people come in and tell him all you want, but when you got Julio Jones in your huddle, in your locker room, and you're watching veteran guys and how they do things, the coaches can only show you so much. And what could that young coaching staff be teaching Devontae Smith right now about being – how about this? You could teach me NFL plays, but you're not going to teach me how to be in the NFL because you've never been in it. I need a guy who's played eight years. Who? That's why this kid Brandon Cooks – did you see what Brandon Cooks said to – Brandon Cooks, after he got the two-year contract extension, this is somebody that the Eagles were taking a look at. You know you know what they did? Nick Casario went to him. Do you want to be here? And he goes, I don't want to be anywhere else. And you were right, Barrett. Six of the eight years he's played in the league, he's had 1,000-yard seasons. Yep. This kid's a solid football player, man. And he wanted to stay there in that locker room. Hey, he obviously is having a better experience being a Texan than what Deshaun or DeAndre Hopkins or Andre Johnson had. He wants to be there. And I'm thinking to myself, this is exactly what the Eagle offense is missing. Am I right? No question. Because it's not just it's not just X's and O's, how to run routes. I mean, it's 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 you know, they say they say that you know the team building stuff, you know, is corny. Well, it actually isn't. When you have a veteran receiver that can show you, you know, what it is to run routes and help you out. I mean, just little things, you know, or you know, if you got DBs, you know, if you got a great DB. And a great DB, what he'll do is he'll throw you off just from his alignment. But as a receiver, you can, you can, you know, an older receiver tell you, like, all right, man, you eat that cushion. The way you eat that cushion up is look him straight in his eyes, come off the ball, run full speed at him, make him make a decision, and you just do what you're going to do. You don't care about the decision he makes. You make and do what you're supposed to do, and then he'll make the decision out. You got to, so they call it climb your feet. And once you get to the top of the uh, top of his feet, then you make your move, you know what I'm saying, or use your body to lean on him a little bit and come out the break, you know, create separation that way. You know, just, you know, if he's one of those DBs that like to put their hands on, he's a touchy-feely guy at the line of scrimmage. He'll tell them how to get out of those type of routes, you know. Those are little things and little idiosyncrasies that they'll eventually learn just from playing the game. 
But why not get that extra step, you know, going into a game where he's talking, all right, when I played against this guy, this is what he's going to do. Or, hey, man, you know what? If I was you, I wouldn't eat that, man. It stays in your stomach for a long time. It's hard to digest, man. And you're going to feel, you know, it's going to weigh you down before the game. You don't be weighed down before the game. Or little things like, all right, well, hey, let's go in and get this lift in, man. But, hey, kind of stay off your legs a little bit, man. Don't do your legs as hard because you know we got this game coming up, but we're going to have to do it. There's going to be a, a, a lot of pass in this game, so we're going to need you doing it. It's little things you can learn from them older guys, little idiosyncrasies. All right, this is how you memorize your playbook. All right, you got these pads over here. You got slide protections over here, and all these slide protections. You know every time you have a slide protection, we're responsible for the hot of this linebacker right here. You know, this is how you, you know, get your, your reads right. You know, all right, you see him disappear, you know they're, you're the hot. Come off the ball, look for the – make eye contact with quarterback and go out and run your route. Those are all things you, you'll eventually learn from playing the game. But why not get some around somebody that can help you out, you can pull those resources from? Who better than Jalen Waddle to be with than with the cheetah? That's all he's done is run wide open, you know, for the past five or six years. You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of guys you want, you know, or four or five years. I'm just – I'm like I'm, – I'm, I'm shocked Kansas City too was, you know, willing to just move off him like that. And, I mean, I know they didn't want – they had a deal on the table, but it was more of a significant deal. And for him to go to Miami like that, and he's still in the AFC, which is even more shocking to me. But, Bear, like you said, the little things. I'm in Dallas, and we're flying down to uh, Miami to play a game. I told everybody I'd like this. Dude, it's September. I'm just going to promise you, man. Make sure you're off your feet and you're drinking water because or, – or, Barrett, how about this one? When you go to Denver and you play a game in Denver, that's a thing, dude. Yes, it's a <laughs> hey, definite thing, bro. That's a thing. I mean, I thought it was bullshit. I didn't believe it. And I played a couple times up there, and I'm t- that's a thing. You can't you're breathe there, at all. Going, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I Absolutely. couldn't get my breath to save my life. I, I, I had my breath when I left, and then when I, when I, was, when I was with the Cowboys, I went back. The next time I caught it, I was in Dallas. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know if you've played up there, Barrett. Yeah, I play and up there. That thing, play. It's a thing. It's, and when Bro. you get around experienced guys, hey, be ready, man, because this is going to be – Make sure you're on the gas. That's why they always put those oxygen masks, man, on the visiting side, man, because you're not you're not expecting to see that. It is such a it's such an advantage for the for the for the Broncos. Oh like, God, I I think they have the best home field here. I I've said this: Green Bay, Green Bay, and Denver and Kansas City. Yep, those yep. are some of your best. I you know those are some of your best home field advantages in the NFL. Well, it it used to be. With the Vikings also when you're an offensive line. Yeah, when you're outside. No, when when you're inside and you can't hear anything because they just pipe. They used to oh, pipe the, the human heartbeat. Yeah, inside that dome, you couldn't hear any. You couldn't hear yourself. That You could be right next to the quarterback and couldn't hear a word that he said. We called it the giant trash bag because <laughs> it looked like a trash bag. And I played against them dudes twice a year. for a couple, And I looked up and I go, Jesus, man, looks like a trash bag. And that thing would hang down, and it would still be cold as hell inside that yep, thing, yep. man. <laughs> yes, right? it would that be, thing yep. was so freaking and loud. The locker room was cold, man. It was the like locker big. room. I, I guess the Gophers played in that place too, and we were like, "Damn, this place is <laughs> freezing." And you're right. 
the amount of noise in that place. They pumped in crowd noise, bro. That Humphrey Dome, man. You know, they used to pipe the music in, into Kansas City and into Atlanta, too. They used to put crowd noise in there. And Arrowhead, like Arrowhead needs that more, right? Right. I mean, you, just like when you play there and they say, in the home of the... And all of a sudden, the crowd would rumble. Jeez. And it just, yeah. I mean, it, it, it rumbles. People don't yeah. allow it. It rumbles. It was a thing playing in um with the Raiders too, and seeing all everybody. I mean, they were the nasty. They're 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 the one of the nastiest people play. I mean, they're up there with the Eagles fans. You know, what I'm saying as far as being nasty type of people to play in, they call you everything but a child of God. Oh. In <laughs> Raiders when they were you know back in the day. Um, where else was the way? Um, like when like a, I was in camp with Denver, and I mean I tell you the first month. Was hell, but my body got used to breathing, and then you know I, I I was in the best shape of my life. I lost like forty pounds up there, and I could breathe. I mean, I, I mean, was Alex and, Gibbs still the head? Was he still the uh, offensive line, line coach? coach? Yeah, Alex Gibbs Damn, was the line coach. Great, you were coach Shanahan for a bit. Yep, yep. Wow. that's why I say running zone plays with him. Yeah. People like I, I tell you all the time when he runs zone plays up there with Alex Gibbs. It was nothing but, you know, the offensive line, they ran it the same way. But it's the track of the back which allowed the cutback. You know, we're thinking that, you know, the back is reading. No, he's just running to a spot and he's cutting it up. It's, they teach it totally different. And they always want to cut that backside. Um I remember it's also almost like the old lineman's never wrong. If, he, if you pick, you know, right, right there, it's like if you pick a side that you want to block him on, it's up to the running back. To, to read cut it. back off your ass yep. and go the opposite way. So it's almost like you're never wrong when you're going after a guy. Man, that must be really a freedom to be able to go like this. Instead of having a play where it's designed to have your head front side, if you want to go backside on the guy, that really puts the defense also, I think, at a disadvantage because if I'm playing you a normal technique and you're trying to get to a three on me and I got to keep my outside shoulder free, that's how we're taught. But if you're going like this, well, shit, man, he thinks I'm going to do this. I'll just block him inside on the one technique, push his ass past the hole, and the back's got to cut up on me. That's a tough-ass way to play defense. Bro, because we don't – he taught us we don't we didn't block people. We block spaces. Yeah. So we're going to go to that space. Now, it's like area blocking. Yep. So if, you, if, you're, if you're in that space when I get there, then I'll block you. If you're not in that space, somebody else is going to block you. But you're 100% wrong because once I get to that space and my head's in front of you, the back's going to stay outside. If you play it underneath, then he's going to cut back. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's so many ways you can run a zone play when you when you, when you the way Gibbs taught us out there. But, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, it, I was in the best shape of my life, man. In fact, we went down to Tampa Bay, which is below sea level, and played in a preseason game. And I swear to you, I could have played for about another five hours. <laughs> I was not tired at all, bro. I mean, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even break a sweat. That's how good a shape we were going down there and playing, man. Because you, you just can't this, breathe up there. You think this guy in Philly is as good a coach as Gibbs? Uh, yes, 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 he is. He's he's in that like Hauk. He's in that. And he's in that. Russ Grimm kind yep. of. School and all that. Absolutely, absolutely, he is. Absolutely, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what, what this, what this, um, 
Let me see what this guy, Jim McNally. That's his name, Jim McNally. That was my offensive line coach when I was with the Giants. Jim McNally. And he was like, bro, you could have a guy drop, you drive block him 10 yards down the field. And if you didn't use his technique, it would have been a minus. Oh, no, I didn't know he passed away. Oh, Miles passed away. I didn't know that. There was a guy in Can. There was a guy in San Francisco who blocked. Who had Montana. Is what was that guy's name? Kirkpatrick. He was the offensive line coach, and he taught leg whipping. Oh, the, that that's exactly what um that's exactly what um uh, uh Gibbs did. Alex Gibbs taught. He taught the reverse shoulder block. Let me tell you something. About drive you. your head down and just flip your. Flip Let me your tell you something behind. about these dumb bitches. <laughs> right. Let me tell you, I had never been leg whipped in my life, like as blatant as it was. And but guess who did it? My boy Randy Cross, that son of a bitch. I get him on my show, and man, these guys would pretend like they're going down like this, and dude, out of nowhere, man, they just turn that thing around, leg whip you, and when they hit you above the knee. Dude, you go down like a sniper hits you in the stand. Bang! Boom! I go down, man. I had never. It was, it was, I couldn't believe it. I got up, I go, damn, did I did I pop? I thought I like popped my 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 hamstring. And my boy goes, You just got leg whipped. I went, that mother he leg whipped me? Man, I was so pissed off. He taught, he taught that, man. They taught it. We call it the cross. We call it, we call it a cross. Um, it was a cross body block where yeah, like, right. If you're, three, if, you're <laughs> if you're a three technique, we would try to bring our heads down between you know in front of your legs and then whip our body across. So you had to go over our body to get um to get up the field. And you know it was a cross body. We call it a cross body, but we didn't want to call it whipping um leg whipping. You know we 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 chose not to call it that. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I'm going to throw two names at you for the first round for 15. We It's 15 and 18, right? 15, 18, yep. Okay. Tell me what you think of this. We're going to do it next. Hit the like button. Barrett Brooks, Dan Saleo here on the middle, back in three. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just... 
disappears. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. Middle, Eric Brooks, Dan Solio. James Harden is the fat turd. <laughs> what? <laughs> Where did that come from? I'm sick of watching him not being shaped. Right. He's right. just not in condition. Kevin Durant came out too and said he was astonished on how poorly conditioned James Harden is as a player. Wow. And he's carried that over to Philly. He's out of shape again. That guy is out of shape, and he shrivels in the postseason. I'm sorry, man. Is he one of the greatest perimeter shooters the NBA has had? Yeah. Won an MVP award. Okay, so what? This guy's legacy as a big game player? Hey, dude, I don't give a shit what you do. If you're, We're going to rip Aaron Rodgers. And Rodgers has actually got a Lombardi trophy. Right, exactly. So, I mean, and he's, we he's kill him. Yep. And we kill him for not delivering in the postseason. James Harden has never delivered. Wow. He's never delivered. He's fat. He's out of shape. Actually, me, now that I look at it, where are the 76ers going to get their perimeter shooting from if Donut – doesn't show up and play <laughs> and help out Embiid. Where are they getting the offense from? <clears throat> well, that's what they brought him in for. Um, His new name is Donut. Wow. We got to carry that, man. I'm going to have to carry that. Donut. Donut. James Harden's new name is Donut. Uh, I, I thought he, when he first got here. And he's got a hole in the middle where his heart used to be. Ooh, that's tough. You can't question the man's heart. Wow. Yeah, well, I question it when you're up 3-1 in a playoff series and you're in Oklahoma and you lay an egg and all of a sudden you ain't getting it done. How about the Rockets having to lead on him too when he was with the Rockets and they shrivel? Right, right, right. Uh, you know, hey, Hart? Barrett, you know what Hart means to me? You show up in shape and you show up on time and you play like hell. That's intangibles there. Dude, That's you don't have to be an athlete to be in shape. Right, right. That's taking care of the, the only thing that you you can control is being in shape, knowing your playbook, 
and, and showing and, up and, on time. Yeah, and, and, and fighting as hard as you can. You always got to be fighting, man. I, 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 that's pretty damning right there, Dan. That's pretty well, damning. Well, I mean, well, t- watch this. Show me I'm wrong. I, I Your can't. whole career has been built off of the regulars. You know, at least – I'm going to say this about Carmelo. At least Carmelo, there's a – there were years he tried. Right, right. James Harden plays no defense. And right. by the way, the Sixers, since he's joined them, they have to be one of the worst transition defensive basketball teams in the NBA now. They got to be one of the worst. Whereas before they were a little respectable, now they're not. Well, he's he hasn't done anything right now to, to garner me to, to challenge you in any way uh, about what you're saying. You know, I mean, at least I could be like, no, no, he's doing this. No, he's not. You know what I'm saying? I, I I thought it was him trying to be a point guard as opposed to being a shooting guard, you know, that's, that's hurting us. But when you come in and, and I look at it now and I – because it, it's, it's hard for me to find it, you know, to find a fault in, in a guy being in the NBA and not being in shape. It's hard for me to say that. But How you're absolutely you right. These guys that are taking these nights off for this load management, now they're talking about – cutting the season to like the 72 games, you're like this. Are you kidding me, man? You want to do it so that the players today, you know, it's funny. I heard uh, Meta World Peace. I heard Ron Artest say something that he's right. How many $300 million men are you going to get to go out there and play hard every single night when you're got almost a half a billion dollars in the bank? I mean, honestly, are you going to want to play against the Magic on a back-to-back when you just got through playing Milwaukee. I don't give a shit about the magic. I got guaranteed three. Here's the difference between us, Barrett, and them. I, I'm, maybe I sound jealous of the NBA guy. I probably am. Because the guy's got $300 million in guaranteed dough. We don't have anything guaranteed unless it's our signing bonuses. Guaranteed. We have guaranteed that we will be cut one day. That's what we have. That's right. And get this. Don't move off your contract. Not have one weight around their neck. Exactly. But it, listen why the Lakers can't move. Russell Westbrook, they owe 47 million bucks. They owe 47 million dollars for that pathetic performance that they put on this year, the Lakers. They can't move them. Nobody's going to take that 47 unless the Lakers pick up the majority of that contract. You ain't doing that. And plus he said, uh, plus he said he doesn't realize he doesn't see why everybody's down on him. Huh? What do you mean you don't see why everybody's down on you? You're out of shape. Nobody brought you into Philadelphia to be an assist king. Right, exactly. Dude, I'll tell you what, if I were – I don't want to play Brooklyn. If Brooklyn gets into the playing games and they get in, I'll tell you this, man. You know who You know who the Sixers miss a lot? That Curry kid. Yes. Yes, they do. They miss that Curry because he was like another dude for them. Yep. Another that was shooter. a perimeter scorer. They need perimeter scorers on that Sixer team. Well, no, that's why they brought in Arden, to be that perimeter scorer. Like I said, they need perimeter shooters, man, because he ain't cutting it right now. Donuts not making it happen. Donut. <laughs> now you, hey, hey, now you know. <laughs> Donut. I love it, man. I love it, man. I love yeah, his it, new man. name is Donut. Wow. One with the hole in it, too. And by the way, it's a jelly donut. <laughs> All right, let's get back to our favorite team. At least, how about this? At least they're winning. Hey, you know what could be cool, though, in Philly? Got the MVP in baseball, 
and you're going to have the MVP most likely in the NBA. When's the last time in Philadelphia there were two MVPs? Has it been a time? I don't think there's been a time um, where all three sports, all um, out of the big four, that um, you had two two MVPs off off one of them teams at the same time. I haven't. I I, I, not since I've been here, and I've been here since '95. So no, I I don't think that's happened. I'm trying to think, man. Did they have anybody? Nope. Nope. When, when when Howard won the MVP, he was the first base. Uh, that was 07, right? Yeah. Or 06, 07? No. There was nobody, there was nobody playing, and not even in basketball uh, during that time. Iverson was during that time? Was, no, Iverson, nah, he might have been in – he might have been with the Nuggets then. Okay. Well, he's at the back end of it. Yeah, he was at the back end, yeah. Okay. How about this, Bert? There's an opportunity, and there's a feasibility that this could happen. Ready? Jordan Davis could be the 15th player taken, and Jamison Williams could be the 18th player taken, or vice versa. I don't think Jordan Davis is going to fall to 18, but he could be in that 15 position there, and he's moved himself up. You know, prior to the combines, he was down in the 20s. And the other kid, um, Wyatt, Wyatt and Walker. Yeah, that's it. The other kid, uh, Trayvon Walker. Yep. Oh, the Wyatt kid. That's right. Devontae Wyatt was graded as uh, uh, even higher. There's three. There's three dudes from Georgia: Devontae oh. Wyatt, Jordan Davis, and Trayvon Walker. Those three dudes are going to go. Three linemen. Yeah, the three different linemen. They also have the linebacker and Dean, and also the safety. That's right, um, Dean, and the safety. Yep, and, and what was the safety's name? Oh my goodness, um, Sear Sin 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 Sin. Yeah, Sin. He he he's ranked up. Um, he's ranked the number two safety, and and he I mean talking about somebody that's underrated. Sin is so underrated, man. That you know, I I wouldn't be mad if they picked him up as 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 eighteen. You know, said so if they go Sin and Davis, I would not be mad. That'd be a great pickup for him. There's plenty of receivers they so can he's, get. He's rated behind Kyle Hamilton. Yes, he's right. He's the guy right behind Kyle Hamilton. It's him and then Kyle Hamilton. Um, but if you get those two, I wouldn't be mad. I mean, to me, that would be that would be two guys that can come in and start immediately for this team. Is how he gonna draft a safety with the first pick or his first round? Man, if he has problems so. with linebackers, if he has problems with linebackers. Safeties, man. I mean, safety's a tough position. To me, I I, I don't know. So the kid Kyle Hamilton, am I really going to put a first-round pick on that when I could get the kid cross in the third round? And he's almost the same dude. He might okay? be a faster dude. And he's a faster guy, played in the Big Ten. I'm good with this. I mean, I don't know. Barrett, see, I got to look at it. I, I look at it like this. Can I get the same production from a dude in the latter round? Yes, you, you're, you're asking all the right questions. Um, I think the difference when you look at um, when you look at Sin compared to um, you know to your guy, the only difference is your guy runs a four three. Sin played in a defense which you know he it was an all world defense. So the kid from Maryland, he had to he had to go out there and show he could play. 
you know, Sin really didn't get pressured like that. But when you're starting for a defense like that, you tend to, you know, you, you tend to look almost better than what, you know, you should be. You know, it's almost one of those type of deals. But when you're productive in a big-time defense like this kid was for Georgia, and you get sometimes overlooked because look at the front four. All three guys are going to go in the top 20 picks. Yes, exactly. I mean, think of that. Your front four, you've got three dudes going in the top 15 picks. Man, that's as good as he gets. And then your linebacker, shit, your linebacker may go also. You may have four guys selected off your front seven. Yes. From Georgia. Yep, yep. In the first 15 picks. Yep, you absolutely right. You had to be that way, Barrett, if you were going to beat Alabama. You had to have talent like that on your team. I think Bama's probably going to have one of their better teams this year, unfortunately. But they're probably going to be – because I didn't really think too much of what Bill O'Brien was doing. But that defense that I saw Georgia – and by the way, remember something, Alabama took them out in that SEC title game, and they turned it back around on them, and they got pressure on the quarterback. They won that game because they manned up, played man coverage on the outside, didn't let them get in a rhythm, kept them in the box, and pressured his ass. Yep, exactly. That's how Georgia, and what Georgia did in that game, they used every single bit of the talent that those people had, and you know what it was? Barrett, that team speed on that team. Think of this for a second. You got a guy that's 350 pounds running 478. You got the other guy running a 471, and you got the other guy running a 47. Your linebacker <laughs> runs a 44. Your safety runs a 4445. Dude. You're not going anywhere when you got hawks and ball hawks like that. Well, no, Walker, Walker, Walker ran a four five. Four, f- dude, <laughs> freaking great. Walker See, ran I'm a four a big, five. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of team speed, and the reason that we were so dominant all those years, my defensive end, shit, Kevin Fagan, he ran a four five before he got hurt. Kevin played ten years in the NFL for the Niners. Yep. Uh, Jerome ran a 4'8 at 300 pounds. I ran a 4'8 at 300 pounds. And Stubbs on the other side, he ran a 4'5. Dude. I can believe you're it. You're doing Daniel that. Daniel Stubbs. You keep talking hey, about Stubbs was my guy, man. You were doing that 30 years ago, though. Right. Well, you, 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 I can remember, you know, looking at you guys. And, and um, that's when I saw the transition, when I saw linebackers move to defensive ends. Very good. And then you had safeties move to linebackers. Correct. And you had, you know, all the secondary were just fast guys. And that's what made Miami the team that they were. You are, we were all different. Jerome Brown was a tight end from Brooksville. See, yep, yep. Wait, gets better. Was was a tight end. Yep. I was a linebacker. Yep. Um, Fagan was a safety. That's great. When he first got to Miami, and they all would go like this because my we never won recruiting wars. All we did was win national titles and win ball games. <laughs> and, and all these coaches would go like this. <laughs> Howard Schnellenberger would go like this. He'd have this big old pipe, and he'd go, Alonzo, Alonzo played with Derek Thomas right. at Columbus, okay, down in South Florida. And so Alonzo, Alonzo could have went anywhere. And Alonzo, um, he goes, he was playing, um, he was playing defense. Hi, I think we're going to move you to fullback. I think it'll be uh, in your best uh, interest. Prior to going in, he goes, if that mother 
tells me I'm moving to any other position. I'm going to kick his ass with this. So we're all sitting there, man. He comes, I go walking in. He goes like this. He goes, you know, Dan, um, you know, you're a fine athlete, but uh, 4'8 at linebacker, that don't work here. Okay? Your D-line starting tomorrow. I walked out. <laughs> and I go, hey, what did um, what did Schnellenberger tell you? He goes, Tommy's moving me. Uh, what did you tell him? I go, I told him I understood. <laughs> and I, and I right. said, oh, what'd you t- okay, so what? You thought I told I told him what you told him. <laughs> I was like, I didn't say shit to Howard. He moved us all over the place, man. All of us were moved to benefit. I, I never we seen didn't that believe before. in size. Right, right. I mean, look at your guys. You know, you guys, you guys brought those guys in to play. And I thought that was like, man, that's ingenious. Because when I first got to college, I played tight end and I played defensive end. So when I got to college, I knew I was going to redshirt because I, well, I was going to play at first until I went around and on the bench, uh, 135, 145. So they redshirted me. When they redshirted me, they knew I had feet. So they said, all right, we're going to move you to the offensive side of the and ball. Hands. Yep. So they said, all right, we're going to move you to the offensive side of the ball. You're going to play tackle. And that's where I learned how to play. I was a tackle because we, because I was not, I was a tight end, and all I played was I was a blocking tight end. You know what I'm saying? I caught ten passes my entire, you know, high school career. It just had to be ten touchdowns, though. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I would just block down, block down, block it down a linebacker all day. Boom, block down, boom, block down a linebacker. Now then, when I boom, block down a linebacker, then I go up the field for for a catch. I'd be sitting there wide open by myself because we never threw the ball. We ran the ball. Like 98% of the time, we ran the, the option play. 98% of the time, man. So Let me you know. say this to you, dude. So my my, my wife comes down after um, – my wife comes down after a um, after a training camp, and I got these hickeys all over my neck. <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'm black and blue every year, training camp, right through here. Take my shirt off and lay in there. She goes, Well, it looks like you've been out partying or something. I go, If you think that those are hickey hickeys, are you freaking high? <laughs> it's from these dudes doing this on my neck and my jersey hitting my neck, and these guys grabbing them. Here, and I took my shirt off. I go, That's some chick, man. That was some night, huh? Look at this. <laughs> I go, Look at what these guys do. Well, they're not supposed to hold you. <laughs> hey, this ain't this ain't college. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This ain't college. By the way, one day, Xander, we got to play the rant. I never realized it until today. The reason I went on the rant was because of your school. Miami played K State in like 2012, and you guys beat the living shit out of us. (laughs) I think you guys ran for like 500 yards. What? I was so pissed off that dude. There's over like two hundred and fifty thousand um, views on this rant. It's one of the legendary rant. I did this live on the air at WQAM, and I opened my show, and I, I we were the flat Xander. I wish we could play it now because it is, dude. This thing, I never realized. I just remembered. It's because you guys beat the living piss out of us. And I think we went to Lawrence. I think I I think we went there 
and there was a white kid quarterback who was a dual threat guy. And man, they we were, we're, we're in Manhattan. We're Kansas in Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, think that that's right. Cause the rant says Manhattan, Kansas. Mm-hmm. And dude, who was the quarterback you, then? You guys beat the, I think you guys may have put 50 on us. Wow. Yeah. You guys were really good that year. And I went on the air the next day and I'm like, you go to Manhattan, Kansas, and you get a, a thousand yards run on. What the? F- uh, I almost was dropping. I didn't drop any swear words or nothing. <laughs> I just went nuts because I go, do you know what respect we don't have? We went into this game versus K-State. We They were 21. You know what they are coming out of that game after an ass kicking? 21. There's no respect for us. Oh my god! I went nuts on that thing, man. I, I totally went nuts on it. It's like one of the greatest. But K State, I think it was 2012. Whatever, whatever team that was, they beat the doorknobs off us. And I did it because of your program. Your program was hot during that time. Yeah, man. I went to Kansas State when Kansas State wasn't cool, man. It was, it was because of me and the guys that came in with with, with myself, man. That uh, we started turning that program around, man. They hadn't won a game in five years before. You know what I'm saying? We got they That's won one crazy. game the year before. Yeah. So was Snyder there before that? How do you know? No, what? I was the second recruiting class. He got there the year before. He was from he was from that um that Iowa coaching tree. He was from that oh, Iowa he, he's from Kirk Francis. Uh, uh, what's his name? No, um, Hayden Fry. Hayden Fry. Yeah, he's from that. Kid. Oh, it, it says Klein boasts number twenty one Kansas State in route of Miami. Oh, yeah. Oh, crushed him fifty two to thirteen. Oh, crushed yeah, Klein too. Damn. Crushed him. I wow. was so pissed. I went on, the, uh, dude. I opened the show like I said. I next that Monday, I, I and I quit on the air on Saturday. I quit on the air on Saturday. The post game show. I went like this. I'm not doing this again. It's the last show that you'll see me doing. I never even told my bosses. I went like this. I got better things to do on Saturdays. I'd rather wash my car. And it was a paid gig. And I went like this, never do this again. Never wow. in a million years will I sit around and watch shit like this. No way. I'm done. And my boss calls me and goes, you're kidding, right? I go, no, I'm never going to do a post-game show with that Hurricane football team, with that Hurricane coach. Never happened. It's a Who train wreck. Oh, it was Al Golden. He was terrible. Oh, he, he's Golden. he's somewhere now. I think he's a tight end coach somewhere. He was, the, pro. He was, a, he was a temple guy. I think guy. he's with the Patriots. He was a temple guy, too. Yeah, he was a Temple guy. You know what my wife used to call him? What's oh, that? you're the Temple Hurricanes. <laughs> he would go like this. What the what the hell does what the hell does Al Golden know about winning championships at Miami? Congratulations. You're officially the Tampa Hur- you're officially the Temple Hurricanes. I used to look over at her. Man, she I go, do you understand you guys will never be ever again what you guys were? It's over. And I went like this. What's that? She's like, you're never going to see the success and the craziness and all the stuff. I mean, they made three thirty for thirties over us. Al Gro, no, no, Al Gro was in uh, Virginia. That's right. Virginia. Yeah, this guy's Al Golden. Al Golden. Okay. Yeah, Al Golden. Al Golden. I think he's with the Patriots now. Tight ends. Wow. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the other dude that's up with the Pittsburgh Steelers—that's my boy—is Alfredo Roberts. He's the tight end coach. No, Fredo's okay. there with Carl Dunbar. So I got two guys on that coaching staff. Plus, I know Tomlin from Dungy. I love that coaching staff. 
I love I, I played with both them dudes too, man. Great guys. Great. You great stay in guys. touch with people in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I do. Every once in a while, I give him a call. My guy's leaving though. I can't believe it, man. You know, once he leaves, man. Colbert. You know, Kev. You know, Kevin Colbert is one of the most genuine guys you can know. If he says he's gonna do something, you best believe he did it. He definitely did it. So you know that, that's why that's why I liked it. Yeah, right. Al Golden was a Temple guy. Then he went to Miami. Then he was in Detroit for 2016 to 17. You're right. He's in no, he's in Notre Dame right now. The defensive coordinator for Notre Dame. He's the D coordinator at Notre Dame. Yes. Oh, he's gonna get a job. He just got there this year. Yep. He's gonna get a job again. He was in uh, Cincinnati. You'll be overhyped. He was in Cincinnati. He was the Bengals defensive line. uh, I mean, uh, linebacker coach. Um, He was in the Super Bowl. Wow. So I was doing shit like this. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that either. I was doing shit like this on the air, Barrett. Yeah. Building champions through New Jersey. and Or I would be like this. Yeah, building champions through um, Chippewa Falls, Michigan. The team would go <laughs> out of state instead of going into the hood. Right, right, right. We need to go in Overtown, Liberty City, where, like, Xander's boy is. There's Nick Saban down in there in Overtown. Pulling dudes, you know, like I told you, the entire starting defensive backfield for Alabama's last national championship team were all from South Florida. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he pulls them dudes out of there, and Al Golden's going to like the suburbs. And I'm going, like, yeah, building champions through like um, open house. <laughs> right, right. Like, you know, everything that was so anti Miami, he was doing, and I hated his guts, man. I had Joy Taylor. Joy Joy Taylor, who's on with Colin Coward, who's my producer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he would show up. She's like, "Come on, please, God, please be nice." I was like, "No, you know, I mean, you get trucked by K State. They run 500 yards on you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask him. I'm like, Al, I mean, what happened to our defensive tackles? Where the hell? Is- you got to watch that rant. You'll, you'll see when I, because K State was the final straw for me. I mean, you guys trucked them. It was the final straw, dude. I couldn't take it anymore, man. I just was like this. Who's K-State? Who's K-State? <laughs> and I'm doing this. They put 50 on you and 500 yards of total offense. I was like, man, they probably looking like it was a week. It was a day off. Is it? I dropped 50 points on them. WQA, Dan Cilio, Kane's yep. rant. <laughs> you got it. Hey, it's over you guys, too. Barrett. God bless you, man. You and your family. We love you, Appreciate man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, bro. I'm about to watch this rant, man. I'll get back at you, all right? Yo, you let me know what you think of it. Take a couple minutes here. Also, later on today, I got Philly 500 on again. De- oh, I definitely got to tune in, man. I'll tune yeah, in. Yeah, right? I'm going to have his ass on. I think we're doing it in the 430 hour, so we'll be doing that. Till tomorrow, back with The Middle with Barrett. Later on, 4 to 6. We shall see you on the flip side. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. 
how did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.